Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Welcome, dear listeners. I'm Jonathan Carlin. And I am Ben Carlin. And we invite you to join us through the Gryffindor, your one-way ticket to the enchanting world of Harry Potter. So grab your wands, dust off your broomsticks, and join us as we unlock the secrets behind Philosopher's Stone, Chapter 3, The Letters from No One. Oh, man. Okay, so things things really starting to heat up here in the old Dursley's house at number four, Privet Drive. They absolutely are. I love the way like the chapters sort of like progress here where it's like, all right, Harry's there as a baby. Here's Harry as just this is the progress update. And now it's like the wizarding world is coming for him. Yes, like they're not there yet, but they're coming for him. And it's like, what's happening? This is fun. I know like the the, the mystery is starting to build and I, I'm both blown away and like I don't, I don't even know, like surprised a little bit because I feel like the the pacing compared to uh, like reading this again, you know, kind of going back to that, that sort of like first ever read through as kids, you know, it felt it felt as though so much time passed before you ever discovered that he was a wizard. Like it felt like you were really I far know. in and we're, we're coming up on chapter four and it's like, it's about to happen. It's about to happen. I, know, I guess maybe even like, you know, we've talked about how like our dad would read this like once uh like we get like a chapter a week basically. And so I guess from that point of view, it would have been like, a month if it's in chapter four when you finally find it out like that, what's going on. Yes, exactly. You know, it yeah, might have yeah. been like a way what you go. Right. So so kid us, I would say up until this point, like maybe you're not like colossally hooked yet because there hasn't been anything other than just like a lot of mistreatment of Harry right going on. And and so you haven't had any of the, like the, the fun whimsy of what the, the wizarding world right. is. Like, you yet. met Dumbledore. There was a flying motorcycle like he made the glass disappear. Like, was he talking to the snake? Even that we didn't talk about that in the last one. It's like Harry talks to the snake. But like, you you know, even even when you read that the first time, like as with with the full scope of everything, he's clearly talking to the snake. But like in the moment, it's sort of like just like uh, was he sort of communicating with the snake? Did the snake really understand him? You know, it, it's definitely not clear at this point in time whether or not that is uh, unusual magic or because I mean the same way like a lot of the the other magic that Harry has performed up until this moment um, are spells that he doesn't learn for years to come. Yeah, and, and you know apparition is something uh, specifically reserved for. 
uh, 17-year-old full-grown wizards. And, you know, Harry Harry did it as a small child and found himself on top of a chimney, apparently. Straight so, up operating, man. Yeah. And and so um, anyway, so, you know, you, you're just starting to get like a feel for it. But I feel like the fact that, you know, the letters from no one really starts to give you a sense of like just how quirky this world is uh, in, in a lot of different ways. There, um, I, what I like about this chapter is that is the sheer passive aggressiveness from Dumbledore towards the Dursleys. Like the, the ways in which he's messing with them are hilarious because they clearly have a tons of magical ways to just get Harry the letter. Like there's letters that appear inside of eggshells at one point. And it's like, yeah. if you guys are magically concealing the letters inside of the eggshells and you know exactly where he sleeps because clearly you do why don't you just have the letters like appear on his pillow or something yeah no you it's, know like you're, you're you don't have to go to all this trouble there is some absolute torment being directed directly at at the the dursleys in particular and and you know it really it really kicks off almost immediately with harry getting the letter and of course it is uh specifically addressed to the cupboard under the stairs yeah at number four privet drive little whinging surrey um and you know i think this is this is kind of a funny one because I um, growing up forever and ever and ever. And, and again, it's just kind of like one of those little things where I guess like I just didn't realize, uh, you know, what the address would look like or what little whinging was in in reference to. But in my mind, for whatever reason, because it's delivered by owl, I always sort of like even though it's spelled differently. Yeah. In my mind, I always interpreted little whinging to be almost like like there was a little bit of winging yeah. on this a little wingling like yeah like like the uh like the letter may may have a little whinging to it because it's been carried by owl so like i almost thought like like let me explain the reason why the letter will arrive slightly like like it's got some whinging on it from the some, owls yeah because they have wings i never knew i never knew uh i never knew that little whinging was a place yeah like um, can, I, can i have a bit of a whinge yes here? exactly yeah complain, complain. Yep, exactly yeah i will say so I, I know we brought this up in the last episode but i'm going to say it again because i honestly i just want to put a uh, a request out to any um london listeners out there where uh, harry is punished from the previous chapter for uh releasing the snake or whatever and you know uh making the glass disappear which he can't explain and it says uh, by the time he was allowed out of his cupboard again the summer holidays had started which again like i looked it up and apparently the summer holidays start in london in like mid-july which does track for sort of the rest of the chapter because we sort of have like Dudley's gang show up for a few, you know, like every day of the summer and then the letters start showing up and yes. it's like there's enough time to account for about two weeks until Harry's birthday on July 31st. But Dudley's birthday is June 23rd. That's when they're at the zoo, which makes it sound like he was in his cupboard for a month. And it's... Uh, it's, it's, too so it's, it's too long. long. Yeah. It's too long. It's too long. Yeah. Although I will say there, there is a line here um, where I think that Harry uh, refers to... Um, the cupboard. It, it's actually when um, Uncle Vernon is in there talking to him, and uh, Uncle Vernon says, "No one. It was addressed to you by mistake." Speaking of the letter, of course. Uh, and Harry says, "It was not a mistake." Said Harry angrily. It had my cupboard on it. Yeah. And there, there is this like sort of interesting little thing that I that I love here. That like even though Harry's circumstance inside of the cupboard is is like just abuse. Uh, like I feel like his ownership of the cupboard. It's sort of like the one thing he gets to have, and the fact that he refers to it as my cupboard is sort of like a like it's like 
like he gets to, he gets to own something right and if, yeah. if all you're gonna give me is my cupboard then it's my cupboard then, yeah, yeah like okay like you're gonna make me stay in there that is mine okay right like th- we agree yes yes and then yeah. and then immediately after we get uh, a, a moment that's just sort of like it's ridiculous that it took this long to get there um, but Uncle Vernon says er, yes Harry uh, about this cupboard and the when he uses Harry's uh, first name there it is the first time that any of the Dursleys have referred to Harry by name oh is it really it is indeed that- yeah. That is interesting. Um, so that's like one of those things mm, where it's like, no, it's not. I think because Dudley says, "Dad, Harry's got something." Oh, okay, maybe you're right. So maybe there's, right. there's okay. Dudley okay. using it. That that is it's just it's one of those instances though where it's like clearly uh, Vernon is is doing his best to try to like level with Harry a little bit here. I think more out of fear of the fact that clearly some he believes someone to be like watching them. Yeah, and so I mean it's it's probably more self preservation that it really is an act of kindness towards Harry. Yeah, he's definitely trying to act kind, but like I love this. <laughs> It's like even their version of acting kind. It's like he's not really giving him a new bedroom. He just wants to like throw off whoever's watching them. And then it's I oh, it's so annoying that like it says the Dursleys have four bedrooms and it's like so it's not just that they made Harry stay in the cupboard. It's not just that they had like they made him do this and they had a guest room. It's that they have two completely empty rooms in the house. It's not just one extra room they're not letting him have. It's like, yeah, we have a guest room, so we, you can't have that one. It's like, well, what about that one? It's like, well, that that's Dudley's second bedroom. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's like, no, no. I know. <laughs> this is just yet again one it's of those situations. It's such injury. Yeah, and, and I feel like it's further confirmed in this chapter. We talked about it in the last episode, but like, I think that, um, you know, the question is like, do they spoil Dudley on any level like as a way to just like, like add insult to injury to how their how little they are giving to Harry. Absolutely, um, they do. Yes, because I feel like even Uncle Vernon's version of attempting to be nice to Harry on the very next page, uh, it's it's when the mail arrived. Uncle Vernon, who seemed to be trying to nice, to, who seemed to be trying to be nice to Harry, made Dudley go and get it. So it's like even in this instance where he's attempting to show kindness to Harry, he's using the exact same tact. Like he's making Dudley go get it, so it's like the way that he's like being nice to Harry is by like punishing Dudley, right? You yeah, know? It's yeah. Like, it's just the reverse. It's the reverse. It's yeah. like it's like, Vernon, go get the dang mail, just go man. Get the mail, dude. Of course, he tries to do that the next morning himself. I will say there is like a, on this note where it's like they're trying to they like go out of their way to make life's like like Harry's life difficult. Where it's not it's not just that you know, uh, we're neglecting you. It's like we're trying to make sure you have a bad time is when Aunt Petunia is like dyeing Dudley's old clothes gray, apparently because that's the school uniform for Stonewall High where Harry is about to start going to school. Yep. And it's like, there's just like on one, like, no, there's no way Two, if it's a uniform, then it's a legitimate uniform that he would need to go get, not just you must wear gray clothing, right? You know, right, like yeah. if it's a school uniform, it's school issued, so you'll still look like the rest of the kids, right? Yeah. So that's just how it's like they're they're just like yeah. Uh, uh, we understand we're coming up on a situation where Dudley might not be able to oppress you at school, so we're gonna make sure you look terrible. But I do love Harry's burn here, where he's like, I'm. Um, uh, he says like, uh, it'll look like he's wearing bits of old elephant skin, probably. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, that's how big Dudley is. And then also Har- Harry's just full of zingers in this one. My favorite. This is one of my favorite lines of the whole chapter is when Dudley's telling Harry that they stuff people's heads down the toilet on the first day at Stonewall. 
wall and Harry <laughs> responds or he says, want to come upstairs and practice and Harry says, no, thanks. The poor toilet's never had anything as horrible as your head down it. It might be sick. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, oh, zing. <laughs> Dang, we go, Harry. Oh, man. It, so, is, it is nice so to fun. see him stand up for himself just a little bit. There. Yeah. 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 No, that's amazing. Um, and the otherwise, like, yeah, as we as we start, like, moving moving forward, uh, we know that more and more letters by the day start filing into number four Privet Drive, uh, where it seems like they are just ramping up extraordinarily. Um, I, I sort of love the um, the the links that Uncle Vernon is going to because they also seem to scale uh, pretty drastically as well. There's there's like the, the scene where Harry sets his alarm to get downstairs first so that he can get to the mail slot before anybody else, only to discover that Uncle Vernon has basically been one step ahead of him and slept in front of the door slot in a sleeping bag. Yeah. <laughs> um, which for whatever reason... The idea of Uncle Vernon sleeping in a sleeping bag is just like utterly impossible to me. I'm I like, know. Like, there's, there's how big a, is the sleeping bag? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it just like it seems like like I can't imagine him sacrificing his comfort uh, to to the level to where he would he would do this. I, yeah, it's not only that I don't think he would sacrifice his comfort to do it. It's like why would Uncle Vernon own a sleeping bag? Like it suggests the Dursleys have been camping ever, ever, and it's like I mm, I really. Don't don't think so. There's no way you even own a sleeping bag, bro. Yep, but maybe he went and bought one just maybe, for the occasion. I, I suppose that's possible. I could see him doing that. Um, let's see. There is. Uh, oh, there's some other little little notes here I have before as we move on here. First of all, I just have to take issue with something here uh, in the book. Yeah. When, as opposed to uh, Harry's gray school uniform, Dudley gets a school uniform here as well because he's going to um, whatever school he's going Smeltings? to. Smeltings. Smeltings. Yeah. Couple things. One, they said that it is stated in the book that the purpose of the smelting sticks is to hit each other when the teacher's not looking. Like it's not like oh Dudley plans on doing this. It is stated as the purpose, and I'm like. Why? Why? Why would this be a thing? Is this a thing somewhere? Do are students just given sticks at any school for no reason? Like the, I don't. The, no, this this never to me heard feels of this. like like uh, in chapter one, like Uncle Vernon picked his most boring tie. This this to me feels like one of those things where it's like let's make no mistakes, okay? These kids are are spoiled and they're going to be doing exactly what they're not supposed to be doing with them. And there's no ifs ands or buts about it. That is exactly how they will be used. They will be used. Yeah. In fact, they're encouraged to do so. It's right. part of it's part of you know it's part of well, being there. Th- th- this is one of those like narrator bias things though, where I feel like it's like like surely it can't be the case. It can't be. That, right. That, that in any way, shape, or form, it just feels like one of those things where it's like if you if you give a bunch of eleven year olds sticks, it's like you better believe it's gonna. It's oh, gonna I know. Amount to sword fighting. I'm like even if even if that's not the purpose, the idea that you're giving a bunch of eleven year olds just like walking sticks as part of the school culture is like that just seems like you know what's going to happen. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. Also, also Dudley is meant to look ridiculous in his school uniform based on the color scheme, which is a uh, orange and maroon and I just have to tell you what what a marvelous combination of colors they're like it's it's put under ridicule here in the book but like frankly these were my college colors <laughs> I know yeah I feel like this is one of those things where uh we we, we have grown up you know in in uh um 
Southeast Virginia, where we're just 40 minutes down the road from Virginia Tech, where the school colors are, in mm-hmm. fact, uh, maroon and orange. Maroon and orange. And they're glorious. Yes. You know, yes, imagine imagine you're looking at a at a fall landscape and all the leaves have changed colors. These are the colors God chose to turn the leaves once a year. Okay, people. <laughs> all right. This is a marvelous combination of colors and that it is put under such like hilarious ridicule here on, um, you know, smeltings. You know, I just, you know, I think smeltings just gets it in terms of school colors, not the sticks. Well, yeah, the, I feel like I feel like the, the Potter saga in general tends to because, I mean, Ron will inevitably end up having the same issue where it seems like he's always being <laughs> he given maroon. like it's like he's got like maroon uh, jumpers alongside his, you know, like bright red hair and it's always supposed to like clash so aggressively. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like maybe this was just something from the very beginning that it was just going to be like, oh, yeah, these, these colors don't go together. We all agree. We all agree. We all agree. Yeah. But um, uh, I disagree heartily. There you go. Um, there's also this funny uh, thing where the, I just looked this up and I uh, having read the story so many times um, there's on when Harry first gets the mail, he comes back and there's a uh, postcard from Aunt Marge, who is so <laughs> present in these first three chapters. Um, apparently Marge is ill, ate a funny whelk. <laughs> it's like <laughs> two things. One, I love that Marge got to the point where she was ill, thought, you know what I need to do? Send Vernon a postcard to let him know. And like, like, cause like she has to have fallen ill and then done it. And, then and there's not much room on a postcard. Apparently that's all it says. Yeah. I'm yeah. ill. Ate a funny whelk. Also never known what a whelk was before. It's a carnivorous sea snail. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, I, I also looked it up cause I literally wrote a what? And a then wh- I was like, I should probably know what a whelk <laughs> is so that I can explain it. But um, yeah. So the, the, I think that the idea behind the whelk is that uh, because it is a mollusk that requires like it's like a handheld kind of um, you need to use like a pin to sort of like scrape it free from mm-hmm. you know the shell. I think that it is it is supposed to speak to um, like like not something prim and proper. Oh, basically, but I think is the is idea. Is it because like usually if you're getting like escargot somewhere, it's like kind of a fancy place. Well, and and I think that there are versions of it, but I think escargot is not typically well, and and I could be mistaken. I haven't had a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of life, whelks, a lot of whelks. Yeah. Um. However, I I. Would would assume that this is closer to like an oyster maybe in nature i mean i guess it it, it is hey, like you're a- the aquarium man you tell me what a whelk is I don't, <laughs> look this is another we need we need london viewers to tell us how frequently you're eating um whelks yeah it's like it's like whelk fest you know like I oh mean, whelk fest yeah i could i wow. could see whelk fest it does seem thing. like a thing now that yeah. you say it like that yeah yeah but i always assumed and and uh, you know just incorrectly but i always assumed that a whelk was like a prune i have no idea why this i was yeah, but I like think, a like a dried fruit. You know what? I always thought of it as like a as like a fig, and I'm like, it's because they keep mentioning Mrs. Fig. That's probably it. And it's like another off-page character as of now. And I'm like, ate a funny whelk. Okay, fig, whelk, probably the same thing. They're not even close. <laughs> Figs are amazing, and whelks sound terrible. <laughs> I could be wrong. I you know what? I would try a whelk. Also, the idea of just a carnivorous snail is just upsetting to me. Yeah, you know, back in back in my aquarium days, I do remember that uh, that there was a um, kind of invasive snail that could come in on some of your uh, live plants that would yeah. breed like crazy. And so we would occasionally get in a batch of what we called assassin snails. Oh. And they were carv- carnivorous snails that wow. had the, that would eat 
your new you sna- hired snails. hit snails. Yeah, we hired sna- hit snails. This is a real My thing. My goodness, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. Dude, I'm learning so much about mollusks today. I, well, you know, when people signed up for a Harry Potter read along podcast, I'm sure that they were expecting lots of snail related commentary. Look, this is this is what you know. What no one I I like to think most people have no idea what a whelk is, and they're just learning right now. And they're like, wait a minute, what? Through the Gryffindor is supported by Rosetta Stone. As much as I love getting lost in a fictional world, I also love traveling abroad and getting lost out in the real world. And by getting lost, I of course mean finding adventure. And just like mastering the intricate spells of the wizarding world, learning a new language can be an adventure all on its own. With Rosetta Stone's innovative language learning programs, you can unlock the secrets of communication from the comfort of your own common room. And Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. It's available on desktop or as an app, and it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. I think where I personally always struggled in school trying to learn a new language is the classes were long and my attention simply would drift, but Rosetta Stone provides lessons as short as 10 minutes. You could even do it during your morning commute, making it perfect for any attention span. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Through the Gryffindor listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off by visiting rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Through the Gryffindor is sponsored by Better Help. Let me tell you what, I wish I had more time. Between time for family, work, exercise, and household responsibility, life keeps me so busy. So much so that part of my own problem is that even when I do find a window of time to do something just for me, I'm not even sure what I want it to be. Like read a book, take a nap, contemplate the turnings of the world. It's strange, but at some point in time, I may have lost the thread on what I actually want to do with my own time. And that's where therapy can really, truly help. It's one of the primary topics I bring up in my own sessions. How do I recognize my own genuine passions versus what I think the world, family, or social media might want me to do? Finding breakthroughs in this department has been massive. It means my downtime is actually refilling my cup compared to being worn out attempting to keep up in the rat race of life. If you're ever finding yourself grappling with something similar, consider therapy with better help. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gryffindor today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gryffindor. Through the Gryffindor is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. Okay, so are you guys like me, like where you watch the Avengers, you're like, wow, Nick Fury has no idea how to assemble a team. I would make so many changes. Well, with Marvel Strike Force, you can do just that. Because this game is all about engaging in epic battles, strategically assembling your team of heroes and villains to stop the evil Ultimus. But it is really not just about the battles. I mean, Marvel Strike Force offers an immersive storyline, stunning graphics, and a vast roster of characters to collect an upgrade from Spider-Man to Captain America, Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom to Black Panther, the entire Marvel Universe is yours to explore. So seriously, it doesn't even matter if you're a hardcore Marvel fan or not, or whether you're just looking for like an action-packed 
RPG experience. Download Marvel Strike Force now on the App Store or Google Play Store and join millions of players worldwide and unleash the power of the Marvel Universe on your mobile device. Plus, this is kind of the cool thing and maybe why you want to do it like right now is because the Deadpool anniversary event is going on right now. So there's like weekly events and bonuses. And if you complete each event, you receive special awards and skins and all that fun, cool cosmetic upgrade stuff. And and we have a unique promo code for every new user. So please follow the link in our description. That's how they know you came from us and use the promo code Max. Pool. And once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Also, there's another little passage here that stuck out to me for the first time as I'm reading through it with the hard copy. And it's after Harry has been uh, given the new room, which I love when they send him the new letter. They still call it the smallest room. Like they're like, oh, yeah, we see you upgraded there, but we're not under the radar. You know, yeah, like you we understand asked- what you did. You still chose the worst room. Right, right, right. It's like you you, you gave him better than uh, broom cupboard. Yeah. However, however, however. Yeah, we see what's happening here, but that's not what he's uh, examining what's in uh, the room. And there uh, one of the items listed in the room is there was a large bird cage which had once held a parrot that Dudley had swapped at school for a real air rifle, which just like I highlighted that whole passage was like, wait, 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 wait. What is happening here? Hold on. Let me back up exactly the entire logic <laughs> what's happening here. One, first of all, first of all, Dudley owned a parrot at some point. Doesn't seem very Dursley-ish because they hate Hedwig, although that could just be on principle. That could be, yep. yep. Also, am I to believe that as a parrot owner, Dudley was allowed to bring the parrot to school, not in the birdcage, right. which is still at the house, and that when he was at school with his pet parrot, he managed to work out a trade with someone at school for a gun. <laughs> like, why Why are live parrots and guns allowed at the school just for under 11-year-olds? Like, what is happening at this school? I, I Yeah, I was baffled by the same thing, and I literally wrote down the ex- I, I highlighted the exact same passage and was like, what? I know. Um, yeah. so, look, someone's going to say it was an air gun, not a real gun. And I'm like, I'm sorry. If someone brought it like an airsoft gun to school, also not okay. It says real air rifle. A re- it, you're it right. You're right. Words, it says real air, air rifle. rifle. That Which, sounds like a BB gun. It, it, it does. The other thing I'm going to say about this chapter on this note, because I also wrote this down, was just trivia, because this chapter is just like you could have an entire uh, trivia episode on on like the Super Carlin Brothers channel. That's just literally chapter three, like yeah. of, of <laughs> the Sorcerer's Stone, because there are so many. I mean, you got the Welk comment, you've got the the air rifle comment. Um, like as you continue to go on, it's just like there's there's so many like weird moments where it's like, are are you serious? Like uh, at some point in time, Uncle Vernon is humming the song "Tiptoe Through the Tulips." Yeah, I'm like, um, I don't know what that is. It's like it's like I've I you know I've read this book. 50 plus times easily and I can I could not have told you with a thousand guesses that that is the song he was humming yeah tiptoe to the tulips couldn't have told you that either no, no. Um, there's so many times in this pe- in this chapter two where I was like Harry you've never received mail in your life like 
it says the cupboard under the stairs. Why didn't you open the letter in the hall? Like, it, dude, come on. He, like, he laments that fact. He does. I mean, he, he does, does lament it. It still feels like it was too obvious. Um, after he gets the room, he also there, it later says that the repaired alarm clock rang at six o'clock. This is part of his plan to get down there. I just love that Harry is like not just a regular wizard, but a tech wizard too. just <laughs> repairs an alarm clock. Like if you know if my alarm clock broke, that's it for that alarm clock, but not for 11 year old Harry wizard <laughs> who clearly busted out his uh, his his soldering. Iron yeah, he's like, iron. I'm going to fix this. this. I need to make sure easy peasy repair. I want to make sure I'm up early so I could experience as much of my life as possible right. with the Dursleys. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's that. That's that. Moving um, on. Yep. Yeah, so moving on. So we're having more and more um, uh, letters arrive. There there is a reference, and it's one of my favorite movie moments. But it, it's like when you see uh, Uncle Vernon sitting there on Sunday, and he's just clearly so like whizzed, you know, from this whole week. I mean, he's like he just got like all of his hairs going every which direction. I mean, <laughs> he's you, you know yeah. what you want to oh, talk yes. about? Yeah. He, he just feels like he's just like he's really lost at this yeah. point in time, and he's like, what, what's so great about Sunday? It's like <laughs> no, no post. postal. Sunday. Very good, Harry. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yes, I love that. I also love there's a right here where she's um like where he is nailing up the mail slot and Petunia's like, I'm not sure that'll work. And he's like, oh yeah. It's like, I love how Petunia's just like, yeah, this is, we're going to have to do it's Like she's already, I think she's already like accepted. Like there's no way we're stopping it. Like um, we, we, I, I'm with you. We'll try, but like that ain't going to do it. <laughs> right, right. So do you have any thought in your mind at all? Because like one of the things that does surprise me the most and, and, and at some point in time, I do think that again, this, this sort of like, idea surfaces but it's like it's so surprising to me because clearly they have witnessed harry undergo lots of like magical related things i mean case in point the boa constrictor that he just was punished for yeah. an entire month for like like there the fact that he gets the letter this is not the first time that there's been some suggestion of him being magical yeah. and so it's like from my end of things i'm like why do the dursleys not just be like great go I to know, that get school out of like here. you know they clearly don't like him you know and it's like if he goes then they're, they're not gonna have to like tend to him or look after him or anything it's like he'll be gone for you know like 10 months of the year yeah yeah because um, it seems like their summers are only like eight weeks yeah yeah so it's like you know this is it's like in my mind i'm like why are you guys going to such extraordinary lengths in experiencing such undursley-ish behavior in in i mean to the tune of you know the sleeping bag i mean even the eventual like hut in the middle of like oh the, the hut. Yeah, there's a bunch of weird things that happen there where they're like when they're at the hotel, they're eating like like bad food. It's like a tin of old tomatoes, and it's like why why you guys they're, they're, they're have still mon- like you can still present. you yeah. can still get better food. There's no reason for the food to get bad. And then like when they go to the island, it's like I've got some rations, and it's like four bananas and four bags of chips, and it's like wh- why. Why do you get bad food? I don't understand. You have money. <laughs> like it's just insufficient food. Yeah, it really, is yeah. what it comes down to. It's like it's like that was an, like surely Vernon. You understand that was never going to be enough. I know. Like, like it, <laughs> uh, how long are you planning on staying there? This is this is very not enough. I don't understand. And like like clearly he makes a lot of money. So I I don't know. Yeah, uh, yep. that's sort of a weird one. I think there's uh, one of the things I circled here was when the letters start arriving in funny ways. So he nails up the mail slot and then the letters start arriving like pushed under the door slotted through the size and like forced through the small window and I'm like just how are the owls doing that <laughs> is 
Yeah, this is this is where like I, I'm just sort of assuming that like like magically and and this is like where you're wondering like who is involved or is this just sort of like the byproduct of like anybody who tries to avoid such letters like yeah like would this always happen like is, is the Wizarding World always going to be like. Mm, no, you know, like you need to get you need to get your letter. Like it's important that this yeah. happens. It does seem like there's a certain amount of magic associated with like mail delivery and owls. Where like even later on when Harry's trying to get serious letters, he can just send Hedwig and it's like, take this to serious. I don't know where he is, and like it works. It works, yeah. It's yeah. like it's like somehow, some way, like there's like a homing beacon yeah. built into the Right. Yeah, like yeah. there there is something extra there. Even like when they like release the letters and they go through the the mail slot, I'm like, do the owls have good aim or are the owls just like I'm here and when I let go the 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 magic will take the letter where it's supposed to go right i could see that i could see that um because at some point in time obviously they come bursting through the fireplace and and similarly it's like you know even if the the owls were dropping them into the fireplace they would just be landing like you know in the grate yeah not necessarily like 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 exploding out yeah right on that note though there's there's sort of an interesting topic we can touch on a little bit uh because we do eventually learn like like you might ask the question like why is the wizarding world so determined to make sure that young wizards are getting their letters and we do learn like you know in the fantastic beast saga that of course obscurus uh is is the uh, malady attached to um basically like bottled up magical ability yeah and um on some level, I know that after we kind of like learned that, a lot of people kind of have the question: Well, then, how come Harry never really uh, like established an obscur- obscurus while he was living with the Dursleys, where like yeah. clearly his magic was being like you know oppressed on some level or otherwise just not very accepted? Um, and that, I think that's going to be the line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I think that the the big thing is that like it's it's like Harry, of course, and, and again, boa constrictor chimney. Um, you know, his hair growing back. Like Harry's magical abilities are oozing out of him. He just doesn't know what they are. He has no idea like what's going on. So they're not really being repressed. Like Harry is still actively yeah. like exhibiting. He doesn't and, even know what's happening. Right. Like his magic is is still actively coming out of him. But uh, I do feel like the fact that the the Wizarding World may know um, that that magic that does get like you know kind of tucked away deep within. Mm-hmm. might cause this particular malady it might be a reason why it's like mm, no we got to make sure these letters get there yeah. you know like this is important yes. um, safety precautions yeah 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 and, yeah the difference then would be like if you've seen fantastic beasts like credence is like an older character who is living in a place that hates magic and he knows that he's magical and he's like actively holding it in yes exactly. hence the obscurus hence the obscurus exactly yeah. also i do i just have to point it out there is when the we talked about the the letters coming out of the uh, fireplace and just like shooting all around the room. And it says the Dursley's duck, but Harry left in the air trying to catch one, which he doesn't. And it's like, yeah, okay. Youngest seeker, seeker in a century can't catch one of 40 letters while everyone else is ducking out of the way. Right. Yeah. I can catch a, a, a yeah. speeding golden ball. Yeah. Mid air. But, <laughs> but yes, large parchment letter. Yeah. Uh, too much. No, I don't have the exact same thought. Yeah, okay. yep, that's okay though. Um, because so either way, because it does allow for the the saga to continue, which of course is the in- increasing lengths that that Vernon is going to uh, to basically take his family further and further from uh, home, so that they are not able to be found. Um, 
One of those stops, of course, is uh, the Railview Hotel in Cokeworth. Yep. Which again, I think is a is a fun little piece of just sort of like a, just a trivia question. You could be like, where, what town do they stay in? And it's Cokeworth. Is it a, is that a real place? The Rail, the Railview Hotel in Cokeworth. Did you I, look that up? I don't think it's a real place because I think we will eventually learn through additional uh, Wizarding World reading that Cokeworth is the town where Lily, Petunia, and Snape all grew up. Oh. That's where Spinner's End is. Okay, gotcha, um, gotcha, so gotcha. So Lily, Lily is or no, uh, Petunia rather is actually uh, in her hometown. Um, while oh, they are there, which is kind of that's funny. Yep. That's funny. Also, uh, while we're on things that aren't real, the, um, later Dudley is complaining that he missed the great Humberto on TV that night. But the, I was looking it up. I was like, oh, I bet that's like a funny like British kids show from the 90s. And it's like, it's not. It's not a real show at all. And it never was. Just literally. It's I, just the great Humberto. I, I wrote that down as another trivia yep. question you could ask. Yep. That's funny. And uh, then it's this is funny, too. Dudley is saying it's Monday. And Harry is like, if it was Monday and you could usually count on to note the days of the week because of television, then tomorrow, Tuesday, was Harry's 11th birthday. I just underlined the word usually because, in fact, um, then the tomorrow, Tuesday in question is July 31st, 1991, which was actually a Wednesday. So you actually cannot count on Dudley to know the days of the week here. <laughs> right, right, right. No, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I think this is, again, one of those situations where it just seems like the the actual days of the week, like there was, there was no basis or calendar that was being used when writing where it was just sort of like, and, and I'm sure this is like one of those things, too, where it's like, you know, the book probably you wouldn't have even had the expectation that the book would have gone under such levels of scrutiny. Oh, yeah, eventually. right. Yeah. Like, you know, it's probably the type of thing that even the editor is like, you know, Whatever. it's like, like you don't even think like, oh, we should probably fix this to make sure it's accurate. It's like nobody's going to care. And it's yeah. like fast forward like 25 years and it's like, here we are. Here <laughs> we are. This is the wrong day of the week. Right, it yeah. totally, totally takes me out of my reading experience. I know, like, come <laughs> on, guys. Did, like, I mean, how am I supposed to believe that Harry's birthday was the next day when the days of the week are wrong in the book? And exactly. So like, at, like, to be fair, when you're reading this, it has not been established what year it is, but um, when they eventually establish what year it is, like, in the real world, it uh, it doesn't line up. So, you yeah, know, there you there go. You go. You have to bring um, it up. have to bring it up. Oh, also, Uncle Vernon, while they're there, um, goes, and when he gets the rations, he also comes back with a long, thin package, which ends up being a gun, and I'm like, Wow, did he bring a bird with him, or what did he trade for that? As far as we know, the exchange rate for for air rifles is one parrot. Is one parrot? It's like, oh, I know you stopped to get a parrot along the way. Um, in addition, we also get a, a line here um, where uh, we we learned that normally on Harry's birthday, the Dursleys don't seem to forget it, but instead just give him junk, <laughs> including no, a like... coat hanger and a pair of Uncle Vernon's old socks. Um, this is just a fun little illusion because. Uh, years later we'll know that eventually Harry will use these same this same pair of socks to uh, muffle a sneak scope in his trunk and also uh, that's in his third year and then eventually in his fourth year he will give Dobby that same pair of socks as a Christmas gift yeah which Dobby loves Dobby absolutely loves yeah, yeah. pretty amazing so um, there is that socks do come into play. It's established early. Keep track of those socks, people. Yeah, socks in general. You know, this is like one of those things that like I, I've thought before, like, what's the deal with the wizarding world and socks in general? Because like, uh, you know, at some point in time, not to not to be too spoilery too soon, but we know that like Dumbledore claims that like what he would see, you know, in the mirror of Erised is himself holding like a nice pair of woolen socks. And we know yeah. that uh, socks are, of course, what Harry uses to eventually free Dobby. And it just seems like there's there's something about this like like kind of cozy 
like comfy, like I don't even know, like irregularly shaped. Like there's there's something like yeah. kind of quirky. There's like about something a sock. funny about socks. Yeah, there's yeah. like there is like a something about socks is is just sort of like inherently magical. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Like <laughs> they're mad- present in the wizarding world. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's like one of those things like where after Tom Riddle is asking uh, Slughorn eventually like, isn't seven the most powerfully magical number? Yeah. And aren't socks the most powerfully magical <laughs> clothing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> aren't socks the most powerfully magical garment? I just like to think of Tom Riddle being like oddly like into socks. Like yeah. he's got like his whole like, you know, too cool for school facade, but also I got some quirky socks. And yet, and yet we know Voldemort when he comes back in Goblet of Fire is just like barefooting it around all over the place. Like it's, do you think he ever wears shoes? Who's, is he oh, yeah. Voldemort? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. You don't really see his feet after that. That's a good point. That's hmm. a good point. Maybe, maybe he just, he's like, you know, at some point in time, I, th- yeah, it's like, it's like, you can't think these are, these are the things about like Dark Lords where it's like at some point in time, he had to like tie some shoes on and it's like, you can't ever think about Voldemort yeah. having to put shoes on. I, like, I can't imagine him like wearing fit. shoes. Yeah. Like yeah. Him lacing them up over there. But like, know. imagine him like walking down Malfoy Manor, like on gravel and he's like, ow, ow, ow. I know. <laughs> well, this is why he can fly. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 <laughs> just, like, quietly levitating three inches above the ground. So right. Like the walk on gravel. So like, I also can't imagine Voldemort like eating either though, you know? No. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. He's like, it? yeah, like, yeah. At some point he had to sit down and have some food. Like, what do you think he likes? You know, what's he eating? It seems uh, probably like, you think he likes like Italian subs or <laughs> <laughs> Wormtail run to the deli. <laughs> Get me a Reuben. <laughs> Ruben. I can't imagine it you at know. all. It doesn't sound like it. No. He sounds like he would eat something more akin to like a bowl of live worms and eyeballs or it something. It does feel yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah. More of like the, the Shrek appetite. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, so as we, uh, as, as we get back to chapter three here and not the Dark Lord who has definitely not returned yet. It was definitely not eating, not using the bathroom or wearing shoes. Right, All right, things right. I can't I imagine I Voldemort using. I didn't want to say it, but yeah. I was like, the other one is like, he surely has to take a bathroom. He has to go to the, the bathroom. Right, yeah. yeah. Does he get showers? Right. Right. Yeah. It's like the robes are all in the way. It's like he <laughs> doesn't take them off. What a fuss! Even when he's reborn, like the ro- no, I guess he does say robe me. So there is that. I guess in the movies, the robes are just on him. Yeah, that's yeah, true. that's true. No, anyway, yeah. anyway. Um, so uh, yeah, as as we press forward, though, I I will say that I, again, you know, speaking on uh, Uncle Vernon's um uh use of the sleeping bag, I'm also very impressed mm. with the fact that he finds the the shack on or the hut, you know, on the rock in the yeah. middle of the ocean. Or whatever, and he rows a boat out to it. Manually rows there for, for apparently hours. Hours. It's like I'm like honestly not for nothing, but like rowing a boat with that many people in it. Like I mean, that's not easy. I mean, Dudley's a heavy kid, you know. I mean, yeah, and I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of like heavy wind and and you know like possibly like some waves, you know, overhead. And I mean, Uncle Vernon's just just as serious can be. So part of me almost feels like he has missed out on his uh, his true calling to be you know like doing expeditions or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like you he's know? got some. Maybe it takes so long because he's bad at it. Oh, maybe that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's just like spinning in circles. It's yeah. like thirty feet from shore. Right. <laughs> Come on, Dad. I sort of don't mind that explanation. Yeah, I'm like yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. Um, anyway, but yeah, so we we make our way uh, to the hut, which sounds just honestly dreadful. Um, you know, and, and honestly, I would say that like the idea of being on like a cool little island in like a remote hut or something like it's like I could see booking that Airbnb and being like excited to go. Oh, and stay yes, there. I know. I'm like, um, it's obviously like supposed to be this really remote, terrible location for Harry, but I'm like, I would, I wouldn't mind spending some time at this island. It seems pretty <laughs> it cool. Pretty cool. 
cool. Sense. Yeah, maybe not during a storm. Maybe not during a storm, but like suppose <laughs> I wake up and go fishing or something. That's right. pretty nice. Not so bad in the little rowboat. Yeah, that you can probably boat. row better. Yeah. yeah, hopefully I'm better at rowing than uh, Vernon. Right, right. Yep. Um. So, but otherwise, I mean, yeah. So we're 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 basically on the eve of Harry's birthday at this point in time. Harry, of course, uh, even even under the the terrible circumstances where um, Dudley's sleeping on the moth-eaten sofa and Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia are sleeping on the the lumpy bed. Harry is Harry is left to find the softest bit of floor. <laughs> softest bit of floor. Wow, you know how so you know how soft floor is. Oh yeah, it's like oh, this is, this is a good soft piece of this is a good soft, piece soft of ground. bit of floor. Yeah, it sounds like it's just like it also makes it sound like it's not like wooden. It's just like a dirt floor. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, you know, again, going back to the film, we know that Harry's able to draw himself a little birthday cake. That's true. Yeah. Know, so maybe it is just a dirt floor. Um, um I do. Yeah. Then, <laughs> so then he's watching Dudley's watch as it counts down to his birthday day the next day and as it strikes midnight there's a large boom at the door which what I love about this is that it's at midnight so to me it's like I, I like to think Hagrid had a bit of a, like a dramatic <laughs> like a bit of drama he wanted to insert he's like hold on I'm here but no, oh it's only like it's only like one minute hold on let me just count it down and boom. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. No, it's amazing. And, and again, we went back to our, our kind of fun fact that like, you know, Hagrid had basically like left him on the Dursley's doorsteps exactly nine and three quarters uh, years earlier. And it's like the fact that like it literally comes down to the second. Like yeah. it's, we, we see Harry countdown three, two, one, boom. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, down to the moment, um, even even when originally Hagrid arrives, it's it's like right at midnight. Yeah. You know, on, to, to leave him with the it's like Exactly so. nine and three quarter years yeah, that Harry just, exits the wizarding world and gets reintroduced to reintroduced it. Reintroduced to it. So yeah, it's just pretty, just pretty amazing. Um, and this again, I think this is kind of a cool one. We kind of go back to like dad reading us, reading us the books as kids. But um, this is a great cliffhanger, you know, chapter because there you are like, you know, you're like, okay, finally, like Harry's birthday, like as a small kid you're like i can appreciate birthdays like it'll be like that's good no matter what yeah and here we are and it's like boom like what like what happened is this yeah. a good thing is this a bad thing like right. we're you're like wondering who the letters have come from the whole time and it's like someone's here someone's here someone yep. with the letters and that's where dad would, would turn the corner of the page down and be like all right boys all right till tomorrow night and it's like what no what was the boom who is it i'm never gonna be able to sleep now i'll I probably know. spend all night thinking about theories as to who it could be i know who I have know. we met so far <laughs> no, yeah okay. that would cross your mind like yeah oh it's probably Hagrid <laughs> yeah right yeah. Yeah. oh we, it's someone we've already met it's, it's probably Elvis <laughs> yeah yeah it's probably Elvis <laughs> Elvis Dumbledore <laughs> 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 oh man so exactly. um, yeah so anyway i mean i think um good it's it's a great chapter overall i mean it's it's kind of nice to uh you know after having um watched the dursleys just kind of be the worst for a couple of chapters for for them to kind of get their comeuppance a little bit where it's like mm -hmm. okay clearly at this point in time like whether or not we we know to what extent these people are on harry's side it's like the like something's going on here like you know clearly something something is the foot yeah you know and and so it's kind of nice to like see them see them sweat a little bit and and you know for for the uh the momentum to start being like you know building like we're we're about to kind of get get into like we're getting some answers real soon we are yeah yeah, yeah. we're not terribly far from more magic happening yes yes exactly what we're looking forward to yeah so um we should uh, um uh, talk about the chapter art obviously haven't gotten to that yet yep 
Yeah. Um, so the chapter art for chapter three, uh, the letters from no one are is of course the the mantle, uh, the fireplace, and just just a, an absolute onslaught yes. of letters. Yes. Um, I I like how well I've just it's it's worth noting that on the mantle there's clearly a large picture of Dudley and no picture of Harry. And no, yeah, no whatsoever. Yep. 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 Keeping um, up with the canon. The the number of letters coming out of the fireplace though. Once again, go back to your point about Harry being the the youngest seeker in a century, and it's yeah. like it's <clears> like. That's a lot of letters. It's a lot that's, of letters, that's a man. That's a lot, a lot of letters. It but sure is. Either way, I still feel like you, you can't help but call, you know, I mean, and, and I know we've we've given high praise to all of them so far, but like each of these chapters are just so iconic. Like you're you're really building into the wizarding world um, in such a, such a massive way. I would say I like chapter three's art better than chapter two's art. Oh, yeah, you for know, sure. The, the fireplace Although two in a row, we have Dudley in the chapter art. <laughs> that's true. I know. We need to get away from that <coughs> ASAP. Yeah, um, no doubt, no with, doubt. With chapter four, yeah. you know, where we're, we're of course going to be uh, inching our way over again into that magical world with the with chapter four, the Keeper of Keys, where we're yeah. going to get like a really awesome introduction uh, to Hagrid more as a character, learn more about him. Yes, uh, Keeper of the Keys next week, chapter four. Cannot wait for. It. But before we sign off today, Ben, I have a I have a review. Left oh my for gosh, us no on way! Apple Podcast. A review. Oh man, that makes me so excited. Yes, if, if if you if you are listening and you are enjoying the show so far, we would absolutely love it if you would leave us a review. Absolutely, we're going to try and read a review. Uh, uh, in every episode, so if you leave us one, we'll 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 be reading through all of them, and uh, maybe you can get onto the pod. This one I think was left after episode zero, so it don't ha- it's, it has no commentary on uh, the first three episodes. But it is by Loverboy one two three four, and it says that Carlin Brothers equals HP experts. The Super Carlin Brothers are the literal scholars of our time for Harry Potter. So excited to go through the series with them. They have so many amazing theories and love their perspective on all things Harry Potter. Who better to make this podcast? Oh <laughs> man, that means so much to me. Oh. I feel like it's it's so sweet. I mean, it's uh, you know, this is this is like one of those things like where we, we where we've joked, and I feel like even as we've been putting the show together, I've been very hesitant to refer to ourselves as as experts. Oh, I because know. It's like it's <laughs> like it feels like we don't have a proper education in this field. But the actual reality of the situation is that I have now probably studied these books yeah. more than any other books that I've studied ever. Ever. Um, you know, including my you know my 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 double major in college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like uh, th- this is probably like where where you know we could I don't know maybe someday aspire to to teach a course. Oh boy, you know? that'd like, be crazy! It'd be so much fun to like go through and, and kind of dig through. One of the biggest things that I would say, and I mentioned this thing in episode zero, but um, I feel like really the, the the Harry Potter books were the thing that got me like interested in reading at all kind of like reframed this activity that I otherwise always so associated with like schoolwork. Mm -hmm. And as I got older and I was going through like, you know, our, um, as our, our, our like literature classes in high school and stuff like that. And they would, they would have you read a lot of these like older stories. Um, you know, like, like I think animal farm is one of the really famous ones that we read in, in ninth grade. And it's all about like, uh, I think like the cold war and a lot of stuff that was going on with Russia. And, and I'm sure that if you lived through those circumstances, then like a lot of the, 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 you know, connective tissue between each of the animals and who they're supposed to represent is like a real world counterpart, like makes sense to you. But it was like, I don't know much about these people outside of the story. So like you telling me that, that, so-and-so character is so-and-so in the real world. It's yeah, like, it's like I, yeah, I do remember having to read Animal Farm and it being like, okay, now now in order to understand this, we're going to have like a whole week on Russian history. See, and then like, oh, oh, and see, and see now, see how they were, see what they were doing? And it's like, 
yeah, but it's like, I just, this is English. So why are we having to do Russian history? Right. Yeah. yeah like I, I'm learning, I'm learning both the Russian history and about this new story called animal farm at the same time. And so the fact that, that they're connected doesn't like, doesn't like blow my mind. It just sort of is like, okay, thank you for telling me that information. So I think what I loved about, you know, the wizarding world and reading the Harry Potter books was that I feel like I was, I was dissecting the story on my own, you know, like I was, yeah. I was like finding all the, like the little details and, and actually like understanding, you know, like an author's intent in a way that I, I had never really like cared to examine in the past. So yeah. anyway, um, yeah, so great, great review. Thank you so much. Uh, again, you know, if, if you would like to leave us a review uh, in any of the spots, we will be sure to comb through them and try to include one in every episode. Uh, but otherwise, I think that next next chapter that we've got coming our way is going to be uh, chapter four, The Keeper of Keys. Yes, can't wait to jump into that one. Uh, thank you, and uh, we'll see you next time as we continue to venture through the Griffin door.